This is the first case study that John brings out. Before we talk about anything else, we have to have a new life. Well, welcome back to the UMMC Bible Study Podcast. Today I've got Christian again with me, and we are starting a brand new series. We apologize for skipping last week. Everyone was on vacation and traveling, but Christian and I have a fellowship, and you know, we are a medical school with medical people and scientific people. And we actually thought it would be great to take this way to approach some of the stories, specifically here in the book of John. And actually, Christian, I want to start here. In the beginning in John chapter 2, the Apostle John mentions this little phrase. This beginning of signs Jesus performed in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed into him. So, Again, that word signs is there. And then at the end of the book of John. There's also, it's in chapter 20, the end of chapter oh, 20. Why don't you read that verse for me? Do you have it by any, by any chance? Sure. Uh, John chapter 20, verses 30 and 31, the apostle John writes, Moreover, indeed, many other signs also Jesus did before his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these have been written, that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. So very interesting verses here, Christian. We'll start here to essentially set the table, and then I want to go over our format in these stories. Essentially what John is saying here is he is writing a collection of signs. Starting in chapter 2, he says, this is the beginning of signs. And then at the end here in John 20, he's saying, there are even more signs, but these were written that you may believe that Christ is the Son of God. So these stories have a purpose. I think that is the first point I want everyone to realize. These stories aren't just random stories, but John hand-selected these things as a purpose to essentially show something. And so what... I like to do when I'm a physician is we like to read things called case studies. So case studies are essentially pictures of diseases that help other people recognize the same problem. What I mean by that is oftentimes I might encounter a very interesting case and I'll write it as a case study, maybe an older gentleman with this kind of issue. The emphasis isn't on the gentleman. The emphasis is on the presentation of the illness and then how you treat it. And hopes of this is that when someone reads this, I'm sure they will probably encounter the same thing. And when they do, they will have what I saw also in their mind. So this is the present. This is the way we want to approach the Gospels. Specifically here, there are nine types of people in the book of John, and each one was selected by John as a case study. So I figured today, if we go through these over the next nine weeks, this will really give, really give us a picture of maybe the common problems of humanity and how the Lord as a solution comes to solve those problems. So Christian, before we start, any particular points you want to add concerning that? Uh, I just want to read a couple verses from the beginning of the book of John. And to emphasize again your, your point about the Apostle John's gospel is, is quite unique. It doesn't follow like what happened chronologically. 
And when John wrote this, he was already 80 or 90 years old on the island of Patmos. So he was looking back and writing these. So he wrote what he wrote with some purpose. He starts his book, The Gospel of John, here with, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and apart from him, not one thing came into being which, which has come into being. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. I just want to get there to emphasize this point about life, and it's a very unique life. It's the Zoe life. I think if uh, anyone's listened to what we've talked about before, we've, we've talked about life in the Bible before. But again, it's emphasized here, and uh, it plays a very important role in all the case studies that John writes about. Perfect, Christian. I love it. So that's our focus. That's what we want to see. The book of John, I like what you said there, Christian, was not written in chronological order, but rather John is going back and looking for particular points that he wants to bring out so that the believers that are reading this can be encouraged, can notice maybe the subtleties that we might have not have noticed if we just read the Gospels in chronological order. But each one of these nine cases has a particular problem that the Lord is here to solve. Well, today, Christian, we are getting into John chapter 3, and we are talking about Nicodemus. So our first case study, do you mind reading the verses 1 through 7? John chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. But there is a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This one came to him by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you have come from God as a teacher. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born anew, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? He cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born, can he? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born anew. Thanks, Christian. Well, let's start off with defining our first case study. This is an older gentleman named Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a Pharisee, a ruler of the Jews, so someone with some hierarchy, someone with some power, someone with some influence. And this person, you can probably assume, is a moral person. So most Pharisees back in the day followed the law to a T, probably excess of following the law. He also was a ruler of the Jews, so you could say that he had some status, he had some morality. And oftentimes, that is the focus of this story, because many times people who are moral do not realize that they need God, right? Because I would say, Christian, in my upbringing as a young Christian, the predominant thought is that a Christian is just someone who does good things, someone who's a good person. 
that Christianity is just a religion that teaches you to be good. And if that's the case, then that makes us no different than any other religion. Buddhism, Mormonism, Judaism, you name it. Everybody is just trying to be a good person. So Christian, based on this person, I believe the first question we want to ask is, why does a moral person need God? Or why did he need Jesus? You're right, Tim. So like, what, what is Nicodemus's problem, right? This is supposed to be a case study. He was a moral man. Like you said, he was a Pharisee. He's very educated in, in the Jewish religion. But what was his problem? This was a good person. So here, I think what the Bible is saying is that's not the, the end all be all, right? Being a good person, being a educated, well-educated, moral person. Uh, I, I thought it might be good to bring out at least verses 14 and 15 in chapter 3, because this this is uh, what the Lord says a little bit later to Nicodemus to kind of expose what his issue actually is. Uh, verses 14 and 15 say, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that everyone who believes into him may have eternal life. So just those two short verses bring out a very big story in the Old Testament where the children of Israel, uh, they were a lot of them were bitten by snakes. And in order to be healed from the poison of the snakes, they had to look at a bronze serpent a metal serpent that was lifted up by Moses. Symbolically speaking, what does that mean? That we have all, whether we're good or bad, educated or not, moral or not, especially the moral people, even if we're good, we all have been bitten by a snake. That's the, the biblical uh, story that we know, that man fell. Man received the sin nature because of Satan, right? So uh, maybe we can talk a little bit more about this. This is this is our our fundamental problem. Nicodemus's fundamental problem. That's exactly right, Christian. I'm glad that you brought that verse up because if you look at it from that angle, then you're right. It does not matter if you're a good person, a bad person, an educated person, an uneducated person, a rich man or a poor man. The first problem that we all as human beings have is that we were bitten by a snake, that we have the sin nature. So it's not so much a problem with our outward behavior as it is with our inward life. And I like how the Lord brought that up here in John chapter three. He said, when Moses lifted up the bronze serpent, the people were healed. That was what happened in the Old Testament. But here in the in John chapter three, the Lord is saying, if you look at it, you will have eternal life. Everyone who believes into him will have eternal life. Again, emphasizing the problem isn't just we need healing. The problem is we need a brand new life, which again, I really appreciate this, Christian. This is back to verse three. He says, unless one is born anew, 
he cannot see the kingdom of God. Oftentimes, I've heard this story when I was a young Christian that we, as unregenerated people, are just like people drowning in the ocean. Right? So we're just sitting there, treading water, waiting for someone to save us. And the Lord is like the person in the lifeboat. <laughs> you literally need to get in the boat before you can even talk about anything else. Before we're talking about foreign mission trips, before we're talking about feeding the poor, for the, before we're talking about the widows and all these other things, you need to get in the boat, which here in verse 3, this is being born anew. And I like what he says. He, he says, you cannot even see the kingdom of God. Christian, why do unbelievers, why, why do they struggle with talking about Christian things? It's because without being born anew, you can't even see it. It doesn't make any sense, which is amazing because this is the first case study that John brings out. Before we talk about anything else, we have to have a new life. So, you know, related to having a new life, verse 6 says, That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. So we've talked in the past, but maybe worth mentioning again here. Uh, our spirit, we have a human spirit. Our human spirit was deadened because of the fall. Because of our sin nature and our flesh, our spirit by default when we're born is deadened. So. If we want to speak a little more anatomically, that was also Nicodemus's problem here, right? He he was dead and in spirit. That's what Paul says in uh, Ephesians two. We were dead in offenses. So, in our spirit, we're regenerated. We receive a new life. That's uh, we're born again, literally. In verse three and uh, verse seven. It says, born anew. And Nicodemus, taking it literally in these verses, says, how, how, how is that possible? How can we be born again? So obviously it's not a physical rebirth, but uh, spiritually we're born again. We're born again because we've received the life of God. It, earlier on in the book of John, in chapter 1, it says uh, something along the lines of those who have received the life of God have the authority to be called children of God. So anyway, uh, it's, it's an amazing thing. We human beings, we can receive the life of God. And, you know, that should really impact us, especially us as ones who have received. We, we need to live like ones who have received the life of God and live by this life that we've received. Yeah, you're exactly right, Christian. And I think we will probably hold the further discussion later because this is a point that we want everyone to see today is that no matter who we are, case study number one, doesn't matter if you're a moral person or not, everyone needs God as life. Everyone needs to be born anew. Before we even talk about the kingdom of God, before we talk about entering the kingdom of God, before anything of that starts, we have to have a new life. I'll always use this example. You know, the monkeys can act a lot like humans, but it can never enter into the human kingdom because it just doesn't have the right life. Even though it can sit, it can wave, it can sign a little bit, it's just not a human being. 
So before we can even talk about human things, the monkey has to be born human. Well, same idea. In John chapter 4, it says God is spirit. This matter of the kingdom, these matters are all spiritual matters. So before we can even enter into that realm, we have to be born of spirit, which again is phenomenal and is huge. But the cure, the treatment, Christian, for our moral person here is being born again to receive a new life. Well, any closing thoughts you have, Christian? Praise the Lord that we can receive his divine life, that we can be born again. And looking forward to getting more into uh, these case studies in John to see how the Lord answers all these issues, uh, various issues in our human life. Amen. Yeah, I appreciate you so much, Christian. And again, same sentiment here. The Lord, as a great physician, is writing all these treatment plans. And it's up to us to really pray and have God's revelation to see what the Lord is saying here concerning all these types of people. And then also, how does this apply to us? So Christian, thanks again for your time. We will pick up next week in John chapter 4 with the woman at the well. So a different person here. Amen, Christian. Amen.